Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. We've got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. I hope you all had a nice, relaxing Sunday watching all these other teams battle it out. Some stressful games, some interesting results. We'll get to that in our loop around the league. But in summary, in the NFC, the Seahawks and the Giants' fortunes taking a turn for the worse, and the Lions pointing up, and actually every team in the NFC South except the Buccaneers, their arrows are pointing up. Carolina and Atlanta at 5-8, now just one game out of first place in a potential playoff spot, one game behind the 6-7 and seven Bucks who got thrashed by the 49ers. We'll cover all those results in our loop around the league coming up a little bit later in this podcast. We also have some LA Rams roster talk. I will be taking my first dive into the 2023 NFL Draft and proposing who the Rams should select with their first pick. But first, let's take one last look back at that Ram-Raider game. One of my takeaways from that Ram game, does Baker Mayfield have a cannon of an arm or what? Some of his deep throws, very impressive. Haven't seen that since Stafford took a seat. Wolford and Perkins just don't have that in their bag of tricks. And how about Greg Gaines? The final pro football focus grade on him, I think it was 87.3. And Jonah Williams getting 93% of the defensive snaps. Jonah Williams, maybe he's in the Rams' long-term plans with Ashawn Robinson and Greg Gaines, both unrestricted free agents next year. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of Jonah Williams over these last four games. Bobby Brown, I'd like to see more of him too. He just had 12 snaps though. Daniel Hardy, eight snaps. Ernest Brown, the fourth, I talked about him being activated, but he had just two snaps. And Kobe Durant, 62% of the snaps, no sign of Darion Kendrick. David Long was unavailable. Now with Troy Hill out, that's the primary reason we saw Durant, not Kendrick, I think. But still, no snaps for Kendrick. That's a little bit alarming. And he has not played well recently, giving Durant another shot. Makes sense to me. Got to give these guys opportunities to show what they have, see if they can play at the NFL level. We need to find out before next year, right? Because 
David Long and Troy Hill are both free agents. And again, I'll be going through some roster talk later. The Rams have a lot of unrestricted free agents and a lot of tough decisions to make. The Rams' highest graded players on offense, Coleman Shelton, despite the penalty, Ben Skowronik and Tutu Atwell, highest graded players on defense, Greg Gaines, no surprise, Taylor Rapp, and Troy Hill. Interesting that three of those six players are guys that have been very unpopular with some Ram fans over the last year, namely Skowronik, Atwell, and Rapp. Skowronik, I think, has proven himself by now. Most fans accepting him with open arms. He's proven that he can play at the NFL level and hold on to the ball. Boy, did he ever. And Atwell, he can really add something special to this offense. And we're finally getting to see it. It's been a long wait. And Taylor Rapp, one of the most underappreciated Rams, whether it deserved or not, I'm not sure. But he graded out well in this game. That's for sure. And Liam Cohen, the Rams offensive coordinator, is he leaving or is he not? I, I think he is, but the Rams are kind of backtracking after Chris Mortensen announced that he was leaving. Rams are saying, uh, Sean McVay anyway, said, hey, we've talked about it. So a little bit strange, mixed messages we're receiving on that topic. But I think we can all come to the conclusion that Liam Cohen is moving on. And I don't think it's a great loss for the Rams. It's mostly McVay's show anyways on offense but he'll bring in some talent. I'm sure whoever he brings in to replace him will be probably an improvement over Cohen, in my opinion. And hey, shout out to USC. Their eighth Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, well-deserved. USC now has more Heisman Trophy winners than any university. How about we talk about one of my favorite subjects again, sorry, Mr. Jared Goff. I have been saying for quite some time that he is the most unfairly maligned quarterback perhaps in the history of the National Football League. The way he has been treated by fans and so-called experts alike is just so unfair. And I think a lot of it has to do with his look, his demeanor, his build. When Goff gets racked around in the pocket and makes a crappy pass, It just looks bad. He looks clumsy. He looks out of place. But the result is pretty much the same as when Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes does it. It's just that Goff finds himself in those situations in the pocket more often than the Mahomeses and Allens of the world. And when he does, he just kind of looks bad. But if you accept Goff for what he is, a crisp thrower out of the pocket, needlepoint accuracy, and a great arm, Jared Goff's a pretty darn good quarterback. Before this weekend's games, he came in with a completion percentage of 64.9%, a tad behind Mahomes, 3,022 yards, 8th in the league, 7.5 average per attempt, that's 10th in the league, and that's something he's been criticized about before, dinking and dunking, especially last season. This year, 19 TDs, 7 interceptions. We'll add 3 as of Sunday. Very similar to Justin Herbert's and Kirk Cousins' statistics, by the way. He's been protected pretty well, uh, only sacked 19 times, and that's a key thing about Goff. He's got to be protected. QBR, 6th in the league. That's right, 6th in the league. 
than today against the Vikings, 330 yards and three TDs. He's now thrown for over 24,000 yards, 81st all-time. Now, I know that's not a great measure. Uh, A lot of mediocre quarterbacks throw for tons of yards, but at this young age, having thrown for over 24,000, that's a pretty good reflection of what kind of quarterback he is. Is Jared Goff an all-pro quarterback? Absolutely not. Could he have done what Baker Mayfield did Thursday night against the Raiders, driving his team 98 yards, extending plays, finding receivers while under extreme duress? Probably not. But if you have a decent offensive line and a handful of good receivers, I'll take Jared Goff any day of the week. Now, what Jared Goff has to prove is that he can do it in crunch time in big games. Haven't seen that yet. And again, he has to be protected. He's not a guy that's going to extend plays and break out of tackles and roll out and make amazing plays off schedule. No, that's not Jared Goff. But this Jared Goof narrative is just so annoying and so disrespectful to a guy that is actually a pretty darn good NFL quarterback. And finally, maybe everybody's starting to see what I've seen in Jared Goff all along. Don't have a Sunday Rams game to recap, so a great opportunity to look ahead, look at the Rams' potential 2023 roster and the challenges stocking that roster, replenishing that roster, and also what position groups do they need to focus on in the 2023 NFL Draft. And if you saw my YouTube short I dropped early Sunday morning or the Instagram reel, kind of gave away where I'm heading with this. But before we get started, let's look at all of their unrestricted free agents. Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott. Both safeties, unrestricted free agents. Now, a lot of Ram fans are probably eager to say goodbye to Taylor Rapp, but Nick Scott, that's a big loss. I'd like to bring them both back, but salary cap situation may prevent that. Where else are they going to get hit? Greg Gaines, one of their best defenders, an unrestricted free agent, as is Troy Hill. Baker Mayfield, who they just brought on, he's an unrestricted free agent. David Long and Bobby Evans, two guys that, again, most Ram fans are very happy to see move along somewhere else. Continue your career elsewhere, please. Ashawn Robinson, also an unrestricted free agent. And our kicker, our punter, and our long snapper, all free agents. So it's very clear with Ashawn and Greg Gaines, free agents, that's an area of concern. Safety, potentially an area of concern. And with Troy Hill and David Long moving on, obviously cornerback. Now, so let's take a look at these position groups, assuming none of these guys come back. Let's treat them just like every other free agent. They're not a Ram. Now, are they more likely to come back to the Rams if the Rams want them? Yeah, probably. But given the salary cap situation, and the fact that they are unrestricted free agents. Let's just take a fresh look at this roster, who's coming back for sure, and where are the areas of need. Let's start with quarterback. Assuming Stafford comes back, hey, there's a chance he could retire, right? Reading between the lines, some of the comments made by his wife, I think he will come back, but let's say he does. Rams need to find a backup quarterback. Baker Mayfield would be perfect. 
Not sure if he's going to want that role. Bryce Perkins comes back. John Wolford will likely not. But if Perkins is your backup, hey, as an emergency guy, fine. But if Stafford goes down, we're back in deep doo-doo again. No viable NFL quarterback. At running back, we got Akers and Williams still under contract. Does Cam Akers want to continue playing for the Rams? Rams will have a whole offseason to figure out what to do with him. But let's assume they're both back. Uh, I don't think the Rams are going to be drafting a running back early, that's for sure. Our wide receiver group's actually pretty good, in my opinion. Cooper Cup, Tutu Atwell, starting to prove himself. Van Jefferson, solid. Ben Skaronic, if he's your fourth option, not bad. Allen Robinson, a disappointment, but rounds out this group pretty well, in my opinion. And then, of course, there's Lance McCutcheon. The tight end group, Tyler Higby, Bryson Hopkins. Are we including Jacob Harris there? Probably not. Now, Higby is one guy whose contract they could get out from under without too much pain. He's had a disappointing season, but the Rams really haven't developed anybody behind him. The Rams are going to draft a tight end. I can almost guarantee it with these 10 or 11 picks they have, but it won't be early, mid-round probably. Higby probably comes back, but they need some help there. I'm going to save the defensive line and the offensive line for last. At cornerback, right now you have Ramsey, and opposite him would be Durant or Rochelle or Darion Kendrick, Sean Jolly. Yeah, we need some help there. The Rams are going to draft a cornerback or two. Maybe look for a free agent if they can find a way to pay for one. That's the problem with the free agents, right? Probably going to be some restructuring going on, but let's assume not. What do the Rams do at cornerback? Well, they're going to have to draft someone fairly high, I think. Middle linebacker Wagner and Jones were in good shape. Got a couple backups. That's fine. Not going to talk about that anymore. The edge, Leonard Floyd, Terrell Lewis both come back. Daniel Hardy as well. Michael Hoyt is a exclusive rights free agent. Our defense, as it was last year with these guys, was pretty solid, pretty darn good, but obviously a shortcoming getting to the quarterback. Rams need to find a dynamic edge guy to help out Leonard Floyd. Maybe it's Daniel Hardy. I don't know. I don't know what the Rams do at the edge. They they probably can't afford to spend a high pick on an edge guy. Need some help elsewhere. We'll get to that in a second. But Edge is a position of concern, as is safety. Nick Scott and Taylor Rapp could both be moving on. Two guys that are going to get paid, in my opinion, Nick Scott and Greg Gaines. So does Nick Scott get paid in L.A. or elsewhere? That's that's a concern, right? If Rapp and Scott both move on, we're looking at Lake, who will be a second-year guy with very limited experience by then, Jordan Fuller and Russ Yeast. Jake Gervas as well. Not sure how I feel about that. How can we know? How can we know how healthy Fuller is going to be? Is he going to be in that rookie form that we love so much? East and Lake could both be players. Rams have been pretty good at drafting safeties, right? But it's certainly a position they have to consider drafting for. Let's get to the offensive line. Now, they bring a lot of guys back. Noteboom, Alaric Jackson, A.J. Curry, Logan Bress. Don't forget about him. Brian Allen, Coleman Shelton, Rob Havenstein. 
Tremaine Ankrum. I was really excited to see him. And the poor guy, I think he got two snaps. A few guys not coming back. Abushi, Skura, David Edwards. Edwards, an unrestricted free agent, and he has the concussion issues. And then the defensive line, we got Aaron Donald, Bobby Brown, Jonah Williams, who is getting a lot of action now, a lot of snaps with Ashawn out. And then you have two exclusive rights free agents, Marquise Copeland and Garcia, who has not seen the field much, so I doubt he's going to be an answer. So let's consider what the Rams do with that first pick. Now, along the offensive line, I would be an advocate for moving Noteboom to guard. He's already got the new contract. Not going to be easy to move on from him if you're disappointed with his play at left tackle. You could leave him there, cross your fingers that he plays better than he did at the beginning of last year. But I think he could hang at guard pretty well, and then your need becomes a left tackle. Logan Press, Joseph Noteboom, Coleman Shelton as your guards. And you can throw Ankrum in that group too, I guess. And a Lyric Jackson and potentially a draft pick battling for the left tackle spot. Havenstein, Shelton, and Allen are solid, I think. Put Noteboom in left guard and then solve that left tackle position. Or you just bring back Noteboom. Or you sign a left tackle free agent. How much is that going to cost, though? And then along the defensive line, we already talked about Sean and Greg Gaines moving on. Hopefully you bring one of them back, but if you don't, to me, that's the biggest area of concern. Bobby Brown and Jonah Williams, are they the answer along with Copeland? Maybe, but I'd be surprised if that's a great unit. So that's why my first pick in the 2023 NFL draft for our Los Angeles Rams is Siaki Aika, the defensive tackle out of Baylor, 6'4", 358, big dude, can get to the quarterback, He'll be playing in the Senior Bowl, so we'll see how he does, You know how the Rams focus on that game when it comes to the draft. Equally good rushing the passer and in run defense. He would be a big addition, replace Greg Gaines, solidify that defensive line, and then later in the draft, find an offensive tackle, and that's what the Rams would have to hope to do. Solidify the defensive line, look at the other positions, cornerback, safety, tight end, and offensive line. What I don't want the Rams to do is just go all in on offensive line and draft two or three guys. And you're going to see that from the draft pundits. The Rams' offensive line is horrible. They need help there. But they don't need as much help as most people think. People come back healthy. The real question for me is, who plays left tackle? Is it Noteboom or is it someone else? Is it a Lyric Jackson or a draft pick? Can they afford to bring in a free agent by restructuring some contracts? Or do they draft a left tackle with that first pick in the second round and try to bring back Greg Gaines or draft a defensive tackle later in the draft? We'll have to see, but that's what I'm rolling with right now. This is all for fun, right? Who knows? Very rarely get this correct. My first shot at the Rams' first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, Siaki Aika, defensive tackle, Baylor. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. And if you're looking for a Week 12 same-game parlay, how about this one? Right now, 
Texans plus seven against the Dolphins. The over-under is 45. The Texans have the worst rush defense in the league, giving up 181 yards per game. First of all, I think the Texans plus seven is a good bet, and I think we're going to go with the under on that point total of 45 for a couple reasons. Both teams are going to try to run the ball. That'll shorten the game. Damian Pierce has a good chance of slicing and dicing this Dolphin defense. So both teams are going to be running the ball. So take the under on the point total. Take the Texans plus seven. And I'm going to say take Mostert over on the rushing yardage. He's going to get plenty of action against this Texans defense. And how about this? If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, you get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's get into our week 14 loop around the league. Hey, let's start with that Thursday night game. Rams 17, Raiders 16. We already went over that pretty in-depth. Baker Mayfield driving the Rams 98 yards on their last possession. Scoring the game winner with nine seconds left. And I was listening to a NFL Rewind radio talk show. I think that's what it was called. And... They talked about the Raiders controlling that game until the end, and I take issue with that. If there was a unit that controlled that game, it was the Rams' defense. Shutting down the Raiders after that opening possession. Say what you want to say, that's what I saw. Sunday morning games, the Cowboys avert a disaster, coming back to beat the Texans 27-23. The Texans were leading 23-20. They had a second and goal at the Dallas Five. They have a backup quarterback in, and their best running back, Damian Pierce, is out of the game. Backup quarterback Jeff Driscoll hits Chris Moore in the flat, makes a nice move and a dash for the end zone, reaches out, and the refs call him down at the one. Really weird angle they showed on TV, and the announcer saying, oh, great call. He's clearly short. I would have loved to have seen that view from down the line. He might have gotten in, in my opinion. The Texans don't challenge it. Next play, Rex Burkhead loses two yards, and they go for it on fourth down, and Driscoll keeps it. Might have been a broken play. Can't get in. Dallas takes over at the two-yard line, and sure enough, as always happens in these situations, the Cowboys drive the field for the winning touchdown and escape with a 27-23 win. And here come the Bengals. Jamar Chase is back. They take care of the Browns 23-10. Joe Mixon rushes for 96 yards. And Jamar Chase, 10 catches for 119 yards in a TD. Bills 20, Jets 12. There is no score in that game until 26 seconds left in the first half. Allen connecting with his tight end, Dalton Knox, from 24 yards out. So the Bills lead 7-0 at halftime. Jets tied it up, and then Allen rushes for a touchdown midway through the third quarter. Bills added a couple of field goals before giving up a safety late in the game on a blocked punt, and then the Jets added another field goal 
20 to 12 belts. Ravens 16, Steelers 14. I saw a lot of people picking the Steelers in this, probably because Lamar Jackson was out. I went with the Ravens. J.K. Dobbins, 15 rushes for 120 yards and one TD. Mitch Trubisky throwing three interceptions in that game. Eagles 48, Giants 22, New York in a free fall. Miles Sanders, 17 rushes for 144 yards. Eagles controlled this game from start to finish. And who saw this coming? Jags 36, Titans 22. Now, as you know by now, I'm not a big fan of the Titans' formula for success. And the ball off to Derrick Henry. Play physical, tough, unrelenting defense. Capitalize on turnovers. Well, in this game, Derrick Henry rushed for 121 yards and a TD, so check there. But the Titans were the team that turned the ball over four times. And Trevor Lawrence, 30 for 42 for 368 yards and three TDs. Tight end Evan Ingram, 11 catches for 162 yards and two TDs. Titans at 7-6 and six are probably going to win that division, but the Jags improved to 5-8, and eight, so they're still alive. And how about my second favorite team, the Detroit Lions? Jared Goff, 330 yards and three TDs. Throwing the deep ball, too. Had a touchdown pass to Jamison Williams for 41 yards. Another 48-yard touchdown pass to TJ Chark. Lions are still alive in this playoff hunt, 6-7. and seven. Vikings needed a win or a tie to clinch the NFC North, but at 10-3, and three, they're going to have to wait another week. Big day for the Lions. They seem to be turning the corner. Just too bad they lost a couple games earlier in the season that they probably should have won. Justin Jefferson, 11 catches for 223 yards. That's a Vikings franchise record in a loss. I could go on a little bit more about this game, but I already had the Jared Goff segment earlier, so I'm going to leave it at that. In the afternoon games, the 49ers 35, the Buccaneers 7, Christian McCaffrey finding his groove for the 49ers, 14 carries for a 119 yards in a TD, also had two catches for 34 yards in a TD, Debo Samuel carted off the field, It looked bad. I mean, he was crying on the cart as they took him off. And now they're saying it does not look serious. How many times have we seen this from Samuel where he's limping or getting helped off the field and you're thinking, oh, this looks really bad. And then, hey, eh, just a sore ankle. I'm okay. As for the Buccaneers, I'm sorry. They're a fraud. Two gift wins over the Rams and Saints. And if not for that, where would they be? Under 500 in first place in their division. Kind of a joke. And the Seahawks lose to the Panthers at home, 30-24. to 24. Seahawks are usually so tough at home. The Panthers' opening drive, they notch a field goal. The Seahawks' first play from scrimmage, Geno Smith throws an interception. The Panthers turn that into a touchdown. They had another first quarter score to go up 17 to nothing. In the second quarter, the Seahawks... Get back into the game a little bit, 17-7. to And on their next possession, they go three plays, and Geno Smith throws another interception. And the Panthers turn that into a field goal, go up 20-7. to It's 20-14 to at halftime. 20-17, to opening the fourth quarter. The Panthers add another touchdown and a field goal. Seattle gets a late garbage touchdown. Final score, 30-24. to This is a big blow to the Seahawks. 
Looked like they were in control of one of those wildcard spots. They lose this one. And now next up for them is San Francisco. So they still own the sixth spot, but in danger of losing it. The Giants, 7-5-1, and one, the eighth seed, are chasing them, as are the hard-charging Lions, who are the ninth seed currently, 6-7. and seven. So those 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth seeds right now, Seattle, Washington, the New York Giants, and Detroit. The Chiefs notched their 14th straight win over the Broncos in Denver, 34-28. Mahomes threw three interceptions, but also threw three TDs. Russell Wilson knocked out of that game with a concussion hitting his head hard on the turf. Mahomes, 28 for 42 for 352 yards, the three TDs and the three interceptions. Russell Wilson was having one of his better games, 23 for 36, 247 yards, three TDs and an interception. But it's a little tougher than I expected, but the Chiefs get the win, improve to 10 and 3. The Broncos fall to 3 and 10. And how about the Chargers? 23 to 17 Sunday night over the Dolphins. Their defense holds the Dolphins to 219 total yards, one of those coming on a 60-yard play to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill scored both touchdowns on that 60-yard reception and scored the other when he scooped up a teammate's fumble and ran 57 yards for a touchdown. So other than that, lights out performance by the Chargers defense. Justin Herbert, 39 for 51, 367 yards in a TD. And right now, the Chargers are the seventh seed in the playoffs. Why don't we run down that seeding right now? In the AFC, it's the Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, and Titans, divisional leaders, and the three wild cards, the Bengals, Dolphins, and Chargers. And how about that? Right now, opening weekend playoff game, Chargers at the Chiefs. That would be fun. And in the NFC, the divisional leaders, the Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, and Buccaneers, the wild cards, the Cowboys, Commanders, and Giants, the Seahawks and Lions outside looking in right now. Next up for our podcast, a preview of that Ram Packer game. That'll be either Thursday morning or Friday morning. Might slide it a day later because it is a Monday night primetime game. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamahama. Hama.